Wildcard weekend is almost complete. Five of six games in the books, and not without some controversy. Just what happened at the end of the Dallas 49ers game? The Bills, Chiefs, and Bucks look dominant in their wins. We'll break down those games, and the Bengals get a 31-year-old monkey off their back. It's all coming up next on the GM Shuffle. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good to have you with us here on the GM Shuffle. It does not get much better than Wildcard Weekend in the NFL. Two games were duds. Two games were great. 49ers-Cowboys. Throwback to the 90s, Mike, and this game was fantastic. The Niners pull off a gutsy win on the road. I don't think they're going to go any further because they lost Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, but let's focus on the positive. San Francisco hung in. Their early lead was able to, not say coast, but, you know, like I said, steady the course. Dak Prescott sacked five times. He was picked off once. Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard combined for just 55 yards rushing. A great job by that Niners defense. Now, we go, let's, let's work backwards, as they say. San Francisco doesn't trail the entire game. They're up 23-7. Garoppolo, bad pick. Romo's all over me because that's his worst throw of the day. Right away, the Cowboys score. It's 23-17. Somehow, someway, the Cowboys do get the ball back. 32 seconds left. No timeouts. Dak got the Cowboys quickly in Niners territory. 10-yard pass. 10-yard pass. Quickly going out of bounds. Clock running down. And then a questionable design quarterback draw up the middle 14 seconds ago. They don't have enough time to clock the ball and time runs out. And everybody is ripping Dak Prescott saying, you got to hand the ball to the official. Said Mike McCarthy, we shouldn't have had a problem getting the ball spotted there. Just an inexcusable way and an inexplicable way, Mike, to end the game. You know, and then he blamed, and they threw the analytical department underneath the the bus. I mean, like seriously, like it's their, they made that call. How could they have made the call when the greatest coach in the history of offensive football <laughs> who puts Bill Walsh to the shame, you know, who puts Sid Gilman to shame, who puts Clark Shaughnessy to shame, Kellen Moore, the greatest, greatest offensive coach who's going to be the next greatest coach in the history of the NFL. How, why would you say the analytical department when you have somebody that good? Why didn't he make the call? I mean, look, th- this game, we can focus on the spot of the ball. The call was horrendous. But also the call was revealing in the sense that 
you should practice. If you're running that play, you should practice and everybody knows how to spot the ball and do it. This shouldn't just be the first time you run it. This should be rehearsed, right? But it wasn't. By the behavior of the players, you could easily say this wasn't rehearsed. So, you know, to me, and then it keeps you away from asking the real question, what the hell happened? Like, why do you have 14 penalties? Why are you so mismanaged? Why can't you get anything straight? Why is your offense can't feet get the ball to the receivers? Why does Amari Cooper disappear in big games? Like, that's the question. Why can't you run the football? Why was your offensive line dominated in the game? You spent all this money. It's the first time you had your line healthy. I mean, that's that's really what, to me, at the end of the day, we everybody focuses on the spot of the ball like it was really going to matter. How about all the, all the errors of the game? If you're McCarthy... You know, what do I say all the time, AD? You know, if you if you can't figure out why you win and why you lose, you're not going to get ahead. Well, this is a perfect example of why the Cowboys are 4-11 and since 96 in the playoffs, and they just have a mediocre franchise that's slightly above 500 because they won't really address the real issue. To the point about penalties, they were penalized a ton. 14 called penalties tied for the second most in a playoff game in NFL history. But I'll say this, Mike. Part of it is not just the Zebras making bad calls. It can't always be that. You've clearly be undisciplined if you're allowing the referees to call 14 penalties. And I'll be blunt, bad teams play the refs, right? They were throwing garbage on the field afterwards, and Dak Prescott said, credit to the fans. I like Dak, but that's Bush League. Bad teams blame the refs. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. This game wasn't about the referees. This, the Most of the penalties they called, they were unforced errors, false starts, you know, lining up offsides. I mean, doing stupid things, doing things that, you know, we kept saying, why are the Cowboys so inconsistent after the bye week? And I kept saying, well, they don't look like they practice, right? And to me, they, they don't practice. I mean, I think, I mean, I keep, McCarthy's got that big play sheet in front of him. He's got it rolled up and he keeps like, he doesn't call, and he was supposed to be an offensive guru, you know, and there he is walking the beat over there on the sideline like a beat cop, you know, and, and you're wondering like, what are you doing? You know, like, how are you? This is what your expertise is. Handling the flow of the game, manage the game. How is the game going to be played? But remember, we, we say this all the time on the GM Shuffle. Managers do things right. Leaders do the right thing. Well, he's clearly not a leader. He doesn't do the right thing. He doesn't fix the problems. These penalties have been there all year. They've been there all year. You know, and so they have nobody to blame but themselves. They deserve the outcome that they got. They really do. It, 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 they deserve it. It's part of their culture. It's part of who they are. And McCarthy has to bear the responsibility, not the referees. And, and so does Dak. And so does Kellen Moore. I mean, you know, he's supposed to be the greatest coach in the history of football. You know, and Romo's talking about how he's going to have all these head coaches. I mean, how would you hire him as a head does he Does he demonstrate any leadership ability at all? I mean, seriously. Like, what, because he calls three or four good plays in his basement, you know? I mean, if we're playing Madden, okay, great. You know, like, seriously. You you had Bill Parcells as a head coach. You know what a great one looks like, right? You, you know, like, that's what it looks like? I, I'd be shocked. Yeah, the biggest problem with this Cowboys team was their offense. So why would you all of a sudden say, hey, man, the biggest issue for their offense is the inconsistency of their game. We got to go hire that offense coordinator. That guy did a great job of making a team which looked very slick, look very inconsistent. That makes zero sense. And they're soft. I mean, they're not even tough. I mean, Kyle's team, they did this. They, they out-physical them. They were, more, they were the tougher team. The defensive front dominating their offensive front. Like, I miss... I misevaluated that game because I thought the Cowboy offensive front would have been able to block this front. I mean... And, and they didn't, the Houston Texans actually blocked them better than they did. It was a joke. I mean, so, you know, to me, uh, you know, and now they're going to lose Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's going to shuffle off to 
to Denver, you know, who will replace Dan Quinn? Will they hire Witt, who's on the staff? Will they hire Edwards, who's on the staff? Will they bring Mike, will, or will they bring Mike Zimmer back? I mean, these are all fair questions, but the Joneses are going to be involved in this. And I'll ask you, would you bring McCarthy back? No, I was going to say, he's one of the more overrated coaches in recent history. When he put together that resume of the Green Bay, say, okay, listen, the guy won a Super Bowl, obviously had success, goes to Dallas. There's been none of that. There's been no progression. There's been no upward climb. And now we reveal the truth, which is a coach with great players can win a Super Bowl, but a great coach can't elevate players who are underachievers. That's the biggest word I say with Dallas. This team, Mike, was loaded. They underachieved this season. That's on the coach. And their owner said the same thing, but they weren't pushed. Nobody's pushed. I mean, you know, I, I don't think McCarthy's pushed. I don't, you know, he talks about he spent the year out of football. And then he then he quotes analytics. Tell me one thing they did in that game that was analytical. Like, tell me they didn't go for it on fourth down. It was ridiculous. They they tr- they ran the fake punt, which San Francisco was it should be embarrassed to get caught with their pants down on a fake punt. Yeah. Like I tweeted out, you can't punt here. I mean, to get off that fake punt was a joke. I mean, that was really, I mean, the 49ers are kicking themselves. So, like, if you're Jerry, what do you do? Now, look, here's the reality. There's a lot of conversation in the back room of the National Football League amongst the coaches that Sean Payton might just retire. Wow. You know, he might just retire. I think, and I think that, I think that is, I think he's, Sean Payton is probably on an island somewhere deciding what he wants to do. Does he want to come back? Now, there's always been a linkage between the Dallas Cowboys and Sean Payton. The Jones family loves Sean. Sean loves Dallas. Sean loves the Jones. I mean, there's a mutual, mutual love affair going on there. You know, can Sean get out of the, he has one year left on his contract with the New Orleans Saints. Can he get out of that? Is he allowed to get out of that? Could he just go walk over to Dallas? I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not trying to spread rumors. I just know that there's a lot of conversation that Sean might take a year off because it's 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 the last year of his deal. I don't know if he wants another contract. He certainly is entitled to one. He's a legitimate coach who could really help fix that team. But would Jerry fire McCarthy if he had a chance to get it? I think this week will be very fascinating to see if Sean does in fact come back to New Orleans or decides to walk away or what happens. And I think that could motivate Jerry into a decision. Sean Payton's 58 years of age. That's why I had to look up right away why the reason to step aside. What do you think would be his motivation, Mike? Just the fact that it's, it's run its course in New Orleans? I, I think he's run his course. I think a lot of coaches, I mean, there used to be the 10-year rule, right? John Madden went 10 years. Dick Vermeil went 10 years. Bill Walsh went 10 years. When I'm studying all these coaches that ha, that are in the Hall of Fame, you know, they they go a certain period of time and then they just fall flat. Joe Gibbs, okay, I've had enough. You know, right. I, I go out, you know, and I just can't, I can't do this anymore the way I've always done it. So, you know, Lombardi went 10 years and then he sat a year out as the general manager and then went to Washington. So, you know, Parcells has done the same thing after he won his second Super Bowl. He got out. I mean, I mean, Sean's got to be sitting in his office and looking at his looking at the Saints board and he says, okay, I got two tackles. Armstead's going to be a free agent. I got to deal with Michael Thomas' situation. I don't have a quarterback. Is it Jameis Winston? Taysom Hill's oh is hurt, but I'm going to pay him. I'm going to lose some good defense. Like, where am I going here? Yeah. Like, where am That's I going? You know, and I, I, and I don't know if it'll ever come out. I don't know if he'll leave or he'll come back. But I think it's worth a conversation, especially when sometimes you need reinvigoration to get you back going. He's been the head coach of the Saints since the 2006 season, under contract of the 2026 season. A thought here in the 49ers, like I said, they're going to be hard-pressed to win against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. But gutsy is the word to me. They, they clawed their way to a win on the road in Dallas. Almost blew it, but hung in there. 
Well, I, I would give them a chance because, look, they can run the football and, and Green Bay can't play the run, right? And, and it looks, I mean, I think Bosa has a chance to play. I don't know about Warner if he has a chance to play or not, but I think Bosa certainly would have a chance to play. So I, I could see them coming. I could see him coming back. I think they need Warner to play. I was really impressed. I mean, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting there watching the game. The, the Marco Ryans is the defense coordinator for the for the. They're, they're, D'Amico they, Ryan's, yeah. D'Amico, they're playing better defense than they did with Salai last year, right? <laughs> the defensive front's playing better. Meanwhile, uh, Nick, my man, uh, Jonathan Gannon's getting two head coaching interviews with the Eagles. He can't stop right. anybody. I mean, any good quarterback <laughs> that goes against him, I mean, just move it up and down the field, but that's okay. Well, he yeah. should be in it. Meanwhile, Ryan's hasn't gotten a sniff. Like, you know, I mean, Don Martindale can't get a sniff. Meanwhile, Jonathan Gannon can't. I mean, Brady threw in eight incomplete passes, 28 in five games against legitimate quarterbacks, the ball landed on the ground against the Eagle defense. But yeah, let's interview him for a head coaching job. Makes sense to me. Let's do it. We'll talk more Eagles and Jonathan Gannon, who Eagles fans perhaps are hoping takes a head coaching job somewhere else. But let's talk with the Patriots and the Bills. Just an wow. absolute boat race by the Buffalo Bills. Their offense was so hot, and they've been so hot. They haven't punted in three of their last four games. Think about that. Two of those games coming against the Patriots, and Josh Allen, who was borderline embarrassing in the playoffs a few years ago, put on one of the best performances you'll ever see. Every drive, they were scoring. He led the Bills to seven straight touchdowns, five through the air. Devin Singletary added two more on the ground. An incredible job by Josh Allen. Clearly, his feet were warm enough to make some magic. 47-17, Mike. This wasn't even close. Wasn't even close from the from the beginning of the game. I mean, New England defers the toss, thinking they're going to play better defense. And what we saw from New England, and, and I think this is really a, a, a Jim Collins situation. The New England went from, they were good, and now they're going to need to do a lot of things to get great. Because this game was truly a revealing, revealing uh, situation for the, they were old and slow on defense. You know, I talked about them against Miami, that they don't tackle in space well, that, that, that Miami was going to be a hard opponent for them to play because of their big linebackers and they don't tackle. This is, this game just magnified what I, all the things I've said about them. And I think it was a great season for the Patriots. It wasn't Mac Jones's fault. He played for a rookie. I thought he played really well in the game for a mm-hmm. rookie made, you know, the interception by, uh, Hyde early in the game was an incredible play. Yeah. You know, I mean, Mac pumps the ball there. He doesn't have to pump the ball, but you know, he did anyway. And then he, he made a mistake on the other. But I thought he played. I thought he played well. What didn't play well was the older players for the Patriots. I think that that's really what happened. And we've said this all along. If you're if you're old and don't play great in a, in and you look good in August, you're probably going to disappoint the team in December and January. And I think after the bye week, that's what's happened to the Patriots. The Hightower missed a tackle against Jonathan Taylor. Hightower looked old and slow on the field. I mean, Bentley looked, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. He looked as slow as anything before he got out. McCourty, God love him. He's a tremendous human being, great kid. You know, it wasn't even, if it was two-hand touch on McKenzie, he wasn't even going to get him on the ground. I mean, that tape, I know people don't want to hear this, but that tape really benefits the Patriots. It really does. In this sense, it tells them how far away they are and what they need to do to catch up to the Bills. Because the Bills just basically took them to the woodshed, showed their dominance. They're the much better team. And Belichick, unlike the Jones family, unlike McCarthy, he's not going to blame the officials. He's not going to blame you know a bad game plan. He knows watching that tape, he ain't good enough. He knows it. And that's the first step towards getting better. So we got good this year, the Patriots. Now we got to get great. I think, and the, and the Bills, they did exactly the same thing. As you said, you know, Allen was good. He wasn't great in any of the playoff games. He's now getting better. 
and they're doing a wonderful job. They've gotten more physical. And look, all I mean, if you're the Patriots, you're, you, you haven't made this team punt in two and a half games, <laughs> right? You, what do yeah. you say to yourself? Where everything's going to be turned around, you know? I mean, the, the only reason the first game was close was because well, the wind, right? That helped them. Mm-hmm. The second game wasn't close, although they had a chance. It was 26-21 and they dropped it. But that wasn't a close game. That was a game where the Bills were always in control and always in the lead. This was a game where the Bills dominated from the first play until the end. And I think for New England overall, you said this year was a success. A year ago, you tried Cam Newton. The team had a losing record. All of a sudden, they spent a lot of money in the offseason, clearly made the right decision in Mac Jones, who looks to be the best of the quarterbacks, at least from the draft, at least a year in. So lots of progress. But as you said, there's a big gulf between what you are and what the Bills are. And the Patriots realize that. I want to talk specifically though, about the coaches. We talk a lot you know, about McDermott, the head coach, but how about the job defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier did and the offensive coordinator Brian Dable? Dable, a hot name now. I can't see him returning to Buffalo. No, I can't either. You know, he did a really good job. I mean, he didn't make, you know, he hasn't punted against the Patriots. I mean, he figured it out. He said, look, if I make the Patriots defend the width of the field, the width, not the length necessarily, the width, they're, mm. they're too slow to tackle. And so he made him defend the width of the field. And then at the end of the day, really, the effort of the Patriots in the second half was deplorable. I mean, and, and it's got to be something that I think Coach Belichick would admit to. And Coach Belich would, Bel- Belichick would feel like, look, we got to fix this. Because the effort wasn't there. You know, the, the one-back power, you know, that runs for 12 yards, not being able to tackle single. T- I mean, those are all things that, you know, day one you should be able to do if you're playing at a high level. I thought the, first, the second game, Buffalo raised their level of play and New England didn't meet it. And I thought they would need to raise it. But what I learned is New England didn't have another level. It's like, you know, you're riding that horse down the home stretch and you keep hitting the whip and, and he's not going anywhere. He, just does, he doesn't have another gear, right? The, the Patriots didn't have another gear. Accept it, accept it, move on and go and try to fix the problems. Frigid conditions, as expected in Buffalo, minus six of the wind chill, five degrees overall. Wasn't quite closest to the coldest ever. You saw the graphics at one point, the ice bowl, et cetera. Although Iron Eagle, great lines that it's the weekend and I can't feel my face. We go on to the Steelers and the Chiefs. Another game which you knew was going to happen. The Chiefs would embarrass them. Having said that, First quarter, low scoring. Pittsburgh actually scored the first touch in the game. And then the Chiefs started to show up. And after that, good luck. Mahomes turned it on. The Chiefs scored seven straight touchdowns. Byron Pringle caught TD passes, both Mahomes and Kelsey. That's right, the tight end throwing a pass. Steelers' defense had no answers. And how about Big Ben? Listen, the guy's a Hall of Famer, but in his final game, the Chiefs held him to just 215 yards on 44 attempts. Two touchdowns late in the game. And for anybody who said for Pittsburgh to have a chance, Mike, they'd have to use Najee Harris, he had just 29 yards in the grain. This was about as expected as it can get. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we there's two things this game was going to go. It was either going to be, you know, uh, it was going to be a Billy Chapel moment where he found <laughs> uh, Ben Roethlisberger found the fountain of youth, or it was going to be, you know, an old timers game, and it became an old timers game. I mean, love the guy, love his career, you know. But like we said on the pod, I mean, we knew this was he couldn't move the ball. I mean, he can't move the ball. I mean, Johnson had a few drops, but at the end of the day, the, the this Steeler offense is. Couldn't go anywhere with Ben, and it was kind of an easy game for the Chiefs. So, look, Ben's career is magnificent. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. The Steelers have huge questions moving forward. Hats off to Mike Tomlin. What a great coaching job to get this team 
to the playoffs. I mean, imagine if McCarthy coached the Steelers. What do you think their record would be? Oh, God, it would not be in the playoffs. We can definitely say that. They'd be a losing team. Yeah, I mean, just like say, like put put that. You know, when I was a kid, I used to we used to play Stratomatic Baseball. Me and mm. Sonino, this kid Michael Sonino and Danny Reynolds, the three of us, we play. And Sonino was cocky, right? And so every time he would get <laughs> on a winning streak, he would start, you know, the way we worked out the game is, is – Two people would play, and the other guy would sit off to the side, and whoever won, the guy would come and replace him. So when Sonino got on one of those rolls where he's won 10 or 11, 12 in a row, he would always start this, let me manage your team, you manage mine, and I'll beat you. <laughs> like, right? Like, and we're, we're playing a dice game, right? So let's say, but that, 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 that question always resonates. Matt LaFleur, go coach the Steelers. What's the record? Guess it. You know? Like, yeah. guess it. Let me see. Like, Go coach this team. I, and I think it's a fair question to ask. And I think Tomlin, when you answer that question, I don't think very many people could do what Tomlin did with this team. You know, I will say this. Tomlin let them bring Ben back. I mean, the organization felt like they owed it to Ben. You know, I'm sure Bill would have probably gotten, Belichick probably would have said, look, we need a better quarterback for us to function this year. But they did it. And they did it the right way. They made the playoffs. He was in his last playoff game. Now he rides off into the sunset. And now we have questions for the Steelers at quarterback. Is it going to be Mason Rudolph? Will they hit the free agency route? Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota. I mean, there's not a lot of great options out there, Mike. No, it ain't going to be Mason Rudolph. They lived that before. They brought the Duckster yeah. over Mason Rudolph. I mean, come on, they <laughs> know right. that. I mean, <laughs> where right. is the Duckster? He's up in Canada. All points bulletin. Let's get the bat. Let's get the bat. Let's get the bat. The bat signal out for for the Duckster. Just have a giant duck up in the sky and see if we can get the Duckster back. <laughs> We do love the Duckster. When the Chiefs are playing like this, though, Mike, it's tough to bet against them. I know it's Pittsburgh. We know they're depleted. We knew it was not going to be a fair fight. But Mahomes, 30 of 39, 404 yards, five touchdowns. I know we've talked about it a lot, but I just love the way he throws the ball, different arm angles, buys time with his feet. I mean, it was a remarkable performance. It really was. I mean, and yet he still turned the ball over. You know, they right. still he threw an interception. They, you know, they turned the ball over on a fumble. They're not going to be able to make that mistake against the, uh, the Bills. I mean, what a great game that's going to be. We'll preview it on Thursday. Yeah. I'm excited for that game. I think it's going to be tremendous. It is going to be awesome. Coming up next, the Bucs run to a second straight Super Bowl, got off to a good start. We'll look at tonight's Cardinals-Rams matchup, and the Bengals and Joe Pesci have something in common. Love that tease from Rich Cook. We'll explain next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another great game. The Raiders and the Bengals. That's what kicked off the playoff action. And honestly, 31 years in the making. Welcome to the jungle. Eight consecutive postseason defeats. Joe Burrow leads the Bengals to the victory. They scored on four straight drives, Mike, late in the first half. Had a bit of controversy, though. Burrow rolling outside, makes a throw along the sidelines. An official blew an erroneous whistle, thinking Burrow stepped out of bounds. The play continued. Burrow hit Boyd for a touchdown back to the end zone. According to Adam Schefter, Referee Jerome Boger and his crew are not expected to work again this postseason. Let's do the referees first, because Drew Brees, by the way, would not be critical. Romo at times would say stuff, but you could tell. Like, Drew Brees was not going to say anything about it, but the refs. What did you think of the refereeing Raiders-Bengals? The fact that they're basically the NFL saying, hey, these guys aren't working again. Well, that was, that was horrible. It was embarrassing. The, you know, the, 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 when the whistle blew, first of all, you know, to me, the NFL covering up the whistle is, is very Warren report like you know it was you know like i know we had the magic bullet theory in the warren commission report now we have the miracle we have the whistle didn't blow until after the ball was in the air even though we all know the whistle blowed i mean i'm sitting on the couch with bill berman we're watching a game and we hear and we look at each other like wow he didn't step out of bounds he's too smart to step out of bounds right Mm -hmm. and you know of course then they rule it i mean it was just completely disorganized i thought the i thought it was a badly officiated game all the way through the roughing the passer penalty on the bengals at the end of the game was atrocious you know, but all that being aside, you know, look, at the end of the day, the Raiders had their chances and they couldn't do it. And we talk about game management. We talk about situational football and the Raiders were horrible at it. Right. I mean, the the, the bigger conversation instead of the touchdown in the ends off the whistle is why in the hell would Derek Carr spike the ball? Mm. Why would he give up a play? There's 29 seconds. Again, that obviously wasn't practiced. That obviously that wasn't a part of their routine. You know, when people say, well, you know, you should make Rich the head coach. And I think Rich Bisacci's done a wonderful job. But there's so many details about the game that when that he can't control because that's not his forte. Right? Like the fact that they only gave the ball to Josh Jacobs 13 times and they let Derek Carr throw at 54 in this game is a joke. The fact that the, the Bengals defensive front was depleted and they let him off the hook by putting the ball in Carr's hands is another problem. The fact that they kept getting holding calls on drives. You know, Leatherwood, a disaster first. You know, I mean, he getting holding all the time. So to me, we can focus on on Booger's crew, and it was tr- it was bad, and there's no denying that. However, that being said, the Raiders really let one slip through their fingertips. I mean, the Bengals probably didn't play their best game, and yet they were able to come away with the win. And the, here's the here's the final thought for you, Ad. Cars throws the ball short of the end zone. Yeah. Like if you ever want to know about Carr, go back and watch that game. Go back and watch that game and and tell me that he is going to be able to win a big pressure game. Tell me he's going to do it. I mean, like, tell me he's going to be able to do it. He's got the ball. He's got the drive. He had the perfect opportunity. But they put the ball in his hands 54 freaking times. Like, that's your fault. They only ran the ball 14 times in a game. Carr had one of those runs for 20 yards. Jacobs averaged 6'4 a carry. Like, like, why wouldn't you just keep? It wasn't that they were blowing you out. It was, you had 18 third downs in the game. 
like you had a chance to win this game and and the Bengals got beat up but you know in the second half you go on that long drive you had all those pen, you, had, you had a you had field goal punt field goal punt end of game you know the 13 play drive you had the two holding calls Definitely shot themselves in the foot. Like I said, Vegas had a chance late in this game. Had the ball to go with 30 seconds left, needing a touchdown. And to your point about throwing the ball short, I'm like, I never understood that. You got to get in the end zone. Throw the ball to the end zone. But but they didn't practice it. Like, their whole situational thing, they didn't practice it. Like, it seems like, how do you run that play? How do you call that play? Waller was open in the flat, and it would have been, he would have had a, it would he had to break a tackle to score. But how do you even throw that play? Is it Zay Jones's fault for not getting depth into the end zone? You know, I mean, like to me, it made no, you had three shots and then you give up a shot. You get, you basically had 29 seconds left to go in the game when you got to the line of scrimmage. Any quarterback who has, who knows the situation, looks at the clock and knows, okay, there's no way we're, we'll get, we can get easily get four plays, run a play, run a play. But you know, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't rehearsed. You know, we talk about Tennessee. Tennessee is, is the number one seed because they're great at games management and situational football. And obviously, even though the Raiders won four overtime games, they're not. For the Bengals, Burroughs and Afros is exciting for the city, for the state, but we're not going to dwell on that. This is expected. This isn't like the icing on top of the cake. This is the cake. The last time the Bengals won a playoff game, the number one movie in the box office, Home Alone. Kevin! Macaulay Culkin, Catherine O'Hara, Joe Pesci. That's going way back. That's how long it's been here for the Bengals. And honestly, I appreciate the, the long-suffering fandom, Mike. Burrow's a special player. They've gone from worst to first with a very young roster. But I can't see them going any further this year. To me, this is the icing on the cake. This is enough of a victory. I'd be surprised they go any further. You? Yeah, I would too because I think they're beat up. I think the defensive front's beat up. And I think that the way the Raiders played them, you know, was was good. I think their offensive line and the way they played the Raiders was smart. I mean, they got the ball out of Burrow's hand. They try to keep it that way. But I just think situational football is going to catch up to them. And, and I think their defensive front being depleted, I think the Tennessee Titans can run the ball, control it, and keep Tannehill from having to really participate that much in the game and manage the game moving forward. So I, I don't like the Bengals moving forward. I really don't because of the injuries, but I love watching Burrow. I love watching Chase. I mean, it's great, but that offensive line at the end of the day is really bad. I mean, it's really bad. He's going to get, the, they're going to get this kid killed. That's the story there of the Bengals. Elsewhere, the Eagles and the Buccaneers. You mentioned Jonathan Gannon getting love for a defensive coordinator job. Are you kidding me? I, I, and I, as I said to you earlier, Mike, if the Eagles, and we kept hearing this, I'm watching the pregame, by the way, and I'm like, everyone keeps saying the same thing. Hey, if the Eagles run for 200 yards, they should have neutralized the Bucs off. It's time, possession, control the clock. Well, yeah, but they didn't. Like, like, like Todd Bowles is one of the best defensive coordinators in football. Do you think he doesn't know what the Eagles are going to do? He knows they're going to run the ball. Like, of course they are. They had four guys who ran for 400 yards or more. I'm going to put eight in the box. I'm going to dare Jalen Hurts to beat me. And guess what? Jalen Hurts can't beat me because he can't throw the ball down the field. This was such a predictable result, Mike. They totaled 95 rushing yards. 34, by the way, coming on one play late in the game. Their average was 160. This, to me, was an example of Todd Bowles, who is as good a defensive coordinator as it gets. Vic Fangio, great defensive coordinator of the Bears. These guys are smart guys. You think they didn't know the game plan? They just took away the yeah. Eagles' best weapon, and that was it. Ball game. Yeah, and they couldn't get the ball. You know, the Jay, everybody's screaming to get the ball to Jalen Smith. Aikman's going crazy because they won't get the ball to Smith. Devontae you know, Smith. Like, serious. Devontae Smith, excuse me. I mean, they can't get the ball to Devontae Smith. But look, at the end of the day, Hertz got benched in the in the in the, in the championship game because he can't throw it. Went to Oklahoma. He ran the Oklahoma offense. It was more run than it was pass. Hertz can't anticipate throws. Aikman was saying it on the broadcast yesterday. He's got to see the guy open, and then he's not accurate. And so, for me, like the like the Patriot game, this game is revealing for Eagles. 
Eagle fans, I know they don't want to hear it, but Hurts, if you want to keep going down this Hurts road and you want to keep having this 200-yard game running, that's wonderful. But you're going to go against a good coordinator along the way. And you're going to go against a really good quarterback along the way. And you're not going to be able to beat them because you can't throw the football. The league is a passing league. And you've got to be able to throw the ball effectively. You could say, well, the 49ers just run it. Well, they throw the ball effectively when they need to at times. You know, and when they screw it up, it's because they don't throw it effectively. But you've got to be able to. And I think this lesson, and I'm sure Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie, they see it. I mean, they know Hertz is, you know, he's a good player, but he's not able to do it. No. He's not able to make the throws that he needs to make come playoff time. And they got the same cold water thrown on their face that the Patriots did. There's a realization that comes. And I think the other thing, too, as the game becomes, the games become harder, the better chess players show up. Dayball really good. Bowles, really good. Like, Bowles should be a head coach. Absolutely. I mean, he had he had one of the worst front offices at the New York Football Jets ever. I mean, the guy holds players accountable. He's not afraid of confrontation. He's got a lot of parcels in him. You know, if he gets with the right, right organization, I think he'll be a superstar coach. I think he'll be like Mike Tomlin. I really do. Because I think he can coach the defense. He Players like him. And look, he he shut down the Eagles and they put their tail between their legs. And look, let's face it, the Eagles were 0-7 against team, any good team this year. Are the Eagles a good team? I doubt it. Yeah, helped by the fact there was an extra playoff team this year. Nice schedule down the stretch. And Brady was Brady. Mike Evans catches 9 of 10 targets, 117 yards and a touchdown. He only had eight incompletions, throws for 271, two touchdowns, no interceptions. This is a, a Bucks team, which again, if you felt like there was an upset coming, you'd say, well, hang on. They got no Fournette. Obviously, no Antonio Brown. You know, Godwin isn't there. They obviously were missing some weapons offensively. It didn't matter, though. They, they had enough in Evans and Gronk. Said head coach Nick Sirianni of the Eagles, I didn't sense for a moment that the moment was too big for them. I just think we made some mistakes. We didn't coach good enough at the end of the day. He also said of Hurts, I felt like Jalen grew throughout the year. And he got better as a passer, reading the defense, getting the ball the right place. I feel really good with what we have in place right here at the quarterback position. I mean, what else is he going to say? Exactly. The, Eagles have, the Eagles have three first-round picks, so that's the good news for them. And I think, Mike, what they need to do is, like it's, I believe all in the teens, get a lineman, right? Offensive line's old, beat up, defensive line, you can always replenish. Get a linebacker, for God's sakes. And then you can draft a quarterback later or figure it out. Like, Jalen Hurts is a year-to-year kind of guy, right? He's never going to be your franchise quarterback, but just buy yourself some time. I think you're probably right. I mean, obviously, you know, Kelsey was the last one who walked off the field, which which would speak to the fact that maybe they're going to retire. Now, they drafted a center last year, but, you know, maybe, you know, what's Lane Johnson going to do? Certainly, he had some issues this offseason. So, I mean, the Eagles won because their offensive line was healthy at the end of the year. Their defensive line, you know, got tired. They only rushed four, never put any pressure. Brady was reading the mail. I mean, Brady <laughs> knew everything Gannon was going to do. It was a joke. Yeah. And the only reason he threw incomplete passes is because the receiver stopped or, you know, you could just see it from Brady. So, yeah. you know, I mean, Barnett's to me, you know, that pass, that, that rough in the pass or early play in the game. I mean, you know, he can bitch about the call all he wants, but they're going to call that when you go low. And then the kids taunting Brady, like, seriously, are, do you look at the scoreboard? You're getting your ass kicked <laughs> and you're over there taunting Brady. I mean, really? I mean, it's, it's, it's a comedy, but look, the Eagles have a bright future. There's no denying it. I mean, the, I agree with you. He, he gives them some options, but you, the problem with him, AD, is you got to commit yourself to that offense. You got to be Oklahoma. And if you play against good teams with good defensive coaches, you're going you're gonna to have a hard time. They're going to take away the run game, and you're going to put the ball in Hurts' hand and say, you beat us, and he can't do that. I mean, you, if you know it going in, it's your own fault if you let it happen. 
Early deficit. You knew Philadelphia wasn't just be able to run their way to victory, and that's why they're in trouble. Miles Sanders, only seven carries, playing with a broken hand. Scott and Gainwell, only one carry each. Disappointment for Philly and for the Buccaneers. They move on. And even as I said, even with a depleted offense, they showed that this was like a warm-up game for them. Tonight, Cardinals and Rams. The Rams are favored minus three and a half. The Cardinals had a great start to the first half of the season and then slumped down the stretch. The Rams have been inconsistent, but have shown flashes of greatness. They've got plenty of star players as long as Stafford can stop turning the ball over. Who wins tonight, Mike? You know, I'm going to take, I mean, this has not been a great weekend for the Doggers, right? Yeah. The Doggies had one win the whole time. Everybody else covered. The Dogs didn't bark. I, I take the Cardinals and the points here. I mean, the mayor of Munchkin land, he's going to have to, he's got to be his best. <laughs> he's got to be, he's got to be the lollipop guy. I mean, he's yes. got to take off and make plays and, and he's got to do the stuff that he's did. And st- you got to count on, you know, I mean, Stafford's turned the ball over, you know, nine times in the last four weeks. I mean, that's what he's done. So, you know, they played Seattle at home. That's a 20 to 10 game when they played Seattle on that third, on that Tuesday night game. Seattle had chances in that game, you know, and then they went on the road. They had two games on the road. The Rams did that they easily could have won, that, that they won, but they could have gotten turned around, Baltimore specifically. And then they lose the home game to the 49ers. So I think it'll be a close game. I think the four, it went down to three and a half now. But it's all, to me, it's on Murray. Even Cliff Kingsbury said, hey, Murray's got to play. He's got to be the guy. He's got to run it. He's got to throw. He's got to make plays. Especially if Arizona on the road has to have any success, they'll need their quarterback to be at their best. We're going to have another podcast on Thursday in which we'll preview these games more extensively. But just in case you're curious, here's what the schedule looks like. Saturday at 4.30 Eastern, Bengals at the Titans. 8.15 Eastern, the Niners, the Packers, Lambeau Field on a Saturday night. And then Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern, the winner of the Rams and Cardinals against the Bucs, so Brady at home again, and then 6.30 Eastern, it's the game of the weekend, Mike. Bills at Chiefs. I can't wait. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's going to be a fun game. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how the Chief defense responds. They're going to, If they play so much man-to-man and they kick their eye, because Allen will run the ball. I mean, Allen is now running the single wing. There's no denying it. He's going to take off. Anytime they need a play, he's running it. And Dayball's putting the ball in his hands, and these receivers are really good. They could t- they can make play. This McKenzie kid's fabulous. I mean, he kind of they need to play him more than Beasley. He's done a re- really great job for them. So the Bills are hot. I mean, I, they they didn't just dominate the Patriots. They kicked their ass physically, which is something that we weren't sure they could do. That we felt like they would get pushed around. But they since that Patriot game in the weather, the wind that they've come out and said, you know, we're going to kick their ass, but. You know, and I think that they they're riding high. Allen's playing too good. You can't overlook it. And if the Patriots, if the if the Chiefs keep turning the damn ball over, they ain't going to win this thing. Yeah, the way Allen was zipping that ball, the velocity on that thing in the five degree weather, I'm I'm amazed. Those Stephon Diggs able to make those catches as well. Let's do some awards on the lamb. It's got to be Mike McCarthy. Oh yeah, I mean you got to take him off the beat. You know, <laughs> turn the lights out, turn the lights out, take him off the beat for a week. You know, give him a little vacation. You know, make you don't have to worry about anybody's doors being locked. You know. <laughs> Just, just go, like, seriously, at some point, like, if you're leading that team, set up the plan to win the game. And, you know, he didn't do that. So I think there's no doubt. I think there's no doubt of that one. I think you, you have to go there because they're the, they, they should have won the game. I think you could say, what about Philly? Well, Philly wasn't a better team. Right. I mean, that was clear, right? What about New England? New England wasn't a better team. Buffalo was the better team, yeah. right? You know, so, like, tell me where a game, where the upset was, and I'll lead you to the, to the lamb, and that's where we got there. 
Fred Palermo wore best game plan of the week. I'll go with the Bills, the job that obviously Brian Dable did. They, remarkable. They just kicked their ass. They did. You know, it wasn't a fair fight. It really wasn't. But I'm, I'm going to go with uh, D'Amico Ryan. So I think mm. he did a great job. Yep. I think he did a great job against uh, against the the this, you know, the greatest coach in the history of offensive football. <laughs> you know, I mean, Sid Gilman, take a step out of the way. Here comes Kellen Moore, baby. <laughs> D'Amico Rides does a great job for the 49ers as their defensive coordinator. And if you don't know, now you know. That the, that the Cowboys' culture is never going to change. Yeah. We can complain about it all we want. We, they're a $6 billion franchise, right? The Jones family are the, the greatest marketing people in the history of any sport, right? They've taken that team, and it's worth over $6 billion. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how talented your team is. It matters how your culture operates. And if they don't fix, and they have yet to fix the culture. When they let Jimmy out of the building, I know Switzer won another Super Bowl, yeah. but there went their culture. Yeah, Switzer's, it's been well-documented. Nice guy, but it was Jimmy's team. Those players basically coached themselves. Uh, as always, send us your mailbag questions at gmshuffle at gmail.com or feel free to send us a message on Instagram at the GM Shuffle. This is from Jonathan. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. This game is killing me. I know this is rare. Why wouldn't Jerry Jones call the Saints to see if they would trade Sean Payton? One year left on his contract for draft picks. He has strong ties to the organization, knows it well, could go to Dallas, do something no one's ever done. Win a Super Bowl with two different teams. As you said, Mike, there's been talk of that. Yeah, I, I think, Jonathan, as you listened to the beginning, we appreciate your question. I, I didn't look at the rundown until just now, but we answered your question earlier on, and we appreciate it. You're right. I mean, but I think it's hard for Jerry, right? Because he's got to give If you bring Sean in, you got to give up control. It was hard for him to do it with Parcells, but he needed a stadium, right? Jerry needed a stadium. He needed to build that, and Parcells helped him build that. He, he, Parcells helped him get that thing. Now, Jerry can do a lot of things. As we often said, he can talk a cat off the top of a fish truck. But Jerry's 79 years old, right? I mean, at some point, you got to say to yourself, I want to win another one. I got to win one. And I think that phone call to Sean Payton is, is would be the best thing he could do. Whether he does it or not, that remains to be seen. Time now for the Pop Culture Minute. The Tender Bar is a film which I gave two and a half Maple Leafs. It's currently available on Amazon Prime. It does star Ben Affleck in one of his best performances, noted Boston sports fan, playing the uncle of the lead in the story. It's a coming-of-age movie. It isn't particularly notable or fresh, but I did thought it was well-executed, particularly Affleck's performance. George Clooney is the director. You can go check out that film right now, once again, on Amazon Prime. As I said, Affleck getting lots of Oscar buzz for a Best Supporting Actor nomination. The question I have to Mike is this. For often we talk about food, when watching this film called The Tender Bar, which is about a kid being raised by his mom. His dad's a delinquent. He's a DJ who's a you know negligent father. He goes to the bar. His uncle's there. Would you, Mike Lombardi, if I ever gave you a good sum of money, would you rather open a bar or a restaurant? Restaurant. I mean, I, I would. to me, it's about the food with the liquor. It just can't be the liquor. <laughs> you know, it's got to be the food with it, right? It's got to right. be something that makes you want to drink and enjoy it. You know, I mean, yeah, if you got a great jukebox, that's wonderful. <laughs> but I mean, at some point, you need food, right? We need to eat something, yeah. you know, and you need to have something unique in the food that brings people back and they enjoy it and all that. So, no, I would like to do that. I would rather do that. I mean, like, touch sure. You nice. know, even they Legends. said the food wasn't great there, but, you know, it it was part of the food. It was the drink. It was that combination of that right. that made it special. So I think that's what I would do. DiMaggio, Sinatra, Tutshore, a classic place in New York. All the stars and celebrities were always there. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, it was great. I think what Elaine's, where all the writers used to hang out right. in New York, right? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't the greatest food, but it was ultimately, the, it was the setting. It was all the... The, the the things that go around it, the you know, make it so good. So I, I would definitely uh, 
I would definitely want it. You need to have the food. I mean, oh. you, you got to have you got to have it so that it's not it it's not stale. Yeah. You can't have it the same every day. If someone says to me, "This is a great sports bar," the food isn't great. I'm like, "Well, I'm going to need the food to be good. Like, I can get yeah. to sports wherever I can go. I just need." Yeah, the food I mean, to like, you got to have really good. food. Yeah, you got to have that. I mean, like, you know, and you and you know, if I had a restaurant, I'd, I'd have a big tub of jelly beans as soon as you walk in, like those big ones. Like people could put. I know it's COVID, so you can't put your hands. Oh, but I'd have yeah. a big tub of jelly beans, like right there. Everybody, come on in, have a jelly bean, and go. Like, who doesn't put their hand in a jelly bean bar? No, Seriously. It, it's tough to say no to that. Skittles or jelly beans. Pop culture minute for you, being the Ricardos. Did you get a chance yet? I did see that. Yeah, okay, I did. Good. We finally watched that. Loved that. I mean, I love the dynamics between uh, uh, Fred Fred and, and, and Ethel. <laughs> yeah, thought J.K. That was Simmons. Great. great. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was great. I mean, I saw J.K. Simmons in, in the Goliath, and he was in great shape. And this one, they kind of made him look pudgy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but, you know, look, it was. I thought it was really good. I mean, Aaron Sorkin is such a good writer, and I thought the way they tied it in with the prior writers yes. before and how they were, you know, look, they couldn't say pregnant on air, all those things. I think it was great. It was, I enjoyed it. I really did. And I think it was, now I'm going to go on. I'm going to start. Have you seen the Donovan movie yet? Have you watched that? No, I just, funny you mentioned that. The trailer's for Ray Donovan, the movie. So, of course, everyone knows the show, which was a big success, but CBS was promoting it heavily during the football game yesterday. I, John Voight I, in the movie. Could be amazing. Yeah. And then Liev Schreiber. Right. And then when is the Julia when is the Julia Childs documentary coming out? That's the other thing I want to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll only check on I that. Wanna I want to see that. that yeah. I, I want to see that documentary badly. So, I want to see that. But no, I, I definitely want to watch Ray. I'm going to watch Yellowstone nice. and go from there. And then Billions is out later this month, right? We get another season of billions which i mean let's which is going to be the same it's going to be the same thing all over again (laughs) you know (laughs) i can't share your excitement on that one i'm kind of like i'm not excited i just want to see how they're going to keep telling the same story giamatti's going to go after somebody who's making too much money right you know meanwhile he's making a ton of money you know (laughs) meanwhile he he held his wife up for the divorce settlement you know but it's but you know that was okay but now he's going to go after everybody else (laughs) i mean capitalism at its finest Well said. Thanks for listening to the GM Shuffle. Go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you on Thursday.